I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller, your host and guide to help you master your inner drive so you can live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life that sees you driving further and enjoying the ride. In this episode, we continue on with this series that I'm currently calling What Drives Us in Death. And title of this one, What My Mom Wants to Impart to the World as Her Husband is Leaving It. So in the previous episode, if you heard that, I shared the title there was What My Dad's Pending Death Can Teach Us About Living. And today I highlight a message that my mom feels burdened with during this acute time of life. I mean, death gets us all serious about what is really important. And this is a message that she wanted to communicate to everyone. She has been, and it's a message I feel is more than worthy of communicating. I believe it's actually the key, as you do literally, to how you can most tangibly change the world and impact it for the better. So my mom is Joanne Miller. She prides herself most on being mom mm-hmm. to myself, my brother, Jared, my sister, Ashley, and then grandmother to her 16 grandkids and four soon to be five great grandkids. She's well known as the wife and partner to my dad, Dan Miller, who's the catalyst for this conversation. Uh, he is 48 days to the work and life you love fame. She, mom, is also a mother figure and friend to countless people. And those roles are top of the list. Now, further down, yet really impressively, she's also author of two books, Be Your Finest Art and Creating a Haven of Peace. She's co-produced a lot of material with my dad at 48days.com like the living, loving, and working audio that any entrepreneurial couple should be checking out. She's also an accomplished artist who has participated in a lot of galleries, has a lot of paid-for paintings hanging on people's walls, including mine, though she didn't make me pay. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> She's just a tremendous human who I cherish greatly. Thanks for doing this, Mom. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yep. It's an honor. Uh, I think you're an amazing podcaster, and it's always an honor to be on here with you. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. So my dad, your husband, Dan Miller, is in the ending days of his mortal life. He's literally right now probably 20 feet away from us mm-hmm. in a hospice bed, sleeping, not in a lot of pain right now, Right. a little groggy, 
but he is openly walking this journey to a transition. And as he's done that, you have been updating. He has a page at, I believe it's Muriel, M-U-R-I-A-L.com slash life. No, dot life, dot life. Muriel, M-U-R-I-A-L dot life slash Dan dash Miller. All right. So that's the testimony. It's like a, a testimonial page where people, uh, 200, 300, I don't know, have been posting things and you've been putting updates there. I actually it gives you a link to caring bridge, which is like mm-hmm. medical updates. And you've been giving updates two days ago. We're recording this on January 9th, which folks, you'll see this. I think it's going to post on Thursday, January 11th. So we're recording just a couple of days uh, before that. And on the caring bridge, I think it was January 7th, you posted about what was on your heart Mm -hmm. and you told us about it. And then you were talking about it yesterday morning. You brought it up last night and I said, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) We need to record this because it's significant. So here you are, as you are about to see your best friend, your husband, your partner uh, for how many years? It'll be 56 in March. 56 years. I've of since you got married, you've since known we him got married, long. I have, I've known, uh, I met your dad on the very first day at Ohio state and I was 17 and he was 18 and he's been my rock for all these years since 1966. And he is about to part and it's making things acute, making life acute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what is important to you, uh, well, it would be significant no matter who you are, but it says a lot about who you are. And as you have been sitting here going through this really since day one with your kids, mm-hmm. your yep. grandkids, and you're looking around at us, Yeah, you and dad have your relationship and you're walking with this through with him. You have your own journey of mm-hmm. where you are individually. And then you're wa- looking out at us and you're saying, oh my gosh, guys, please listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one of the things, and I'm going to try to do this without crying. It's all right. Because, and I will tell you with this right now, when I cry, I sound like Minnie Mouse. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot talk and cry. I always envy people right. who could, but yeah. I cannot. I'll ad lib, or we'll so, just give a, we'll just give a moment of pause. We may have to. And folks, you can sit there and ponder during yeah. the pause. Um, one of the things that. I, we have always been very, very conscious of is that we are the role models for our children, for our grandchildren, for our friends, for anybody we come in contact with. We are the role models. Um, we, we take mentoring very, very seriously because when we first got married, neither one of us knew anything about life. Neither one of us knew anything about marriage, relationships. We were very naive. And when I look now back and think 17 years old, well, I guess I was naive. I mean, I was a child and so was Daniel. And we were both very sheltered. So we had a lot to learn. We sought mentors. And because we found good mentors in all the different areas that we were concerned with, marriage, family, um, life in general, business and that kind of thing, um, we took that very seriously and we wanted to always, we always felt like we wanted to give back a lot of what we were learning. Um, because what's, what's the point of learning if you're not 
using what you're learning to help other people. And that's just kind of been our premise all along. Um, well, that's why we're here right now. Cause as we are, have talked about given this gift of walking yes. with dad through this. And as he is doing it so openly, which is what I shared in part one uh, of this series, it's such a gift that uh, we, you, I want to share it with whoever has ears to hear. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. One of the things I think that we've all discovered in these, in this last month, because it's been just two days past uh, the month anniversary of the day that we found out that your dad had terminal cancer. Yeah. And um, that was a shock. And at first, quite honestly, I was scared to death. Dan's always, I mean, I don't put gas in my own car. He has taken care of me well. And I've loved that. I never had a father. And in many respects, I think he he played that role in my life, as well as my lover, my best friend. He was all of those things. And I've always felt that Dan's the wisest man I know. And I've totally respected him and loved him. And that's not to say I haven't had days when I wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. That's just normal. It's not been a perfect life. We've had lots of obstacles to overcome. But during those obstacles gives us an opportunity to be a voice on how to handle those what we called opportunities for solutions. Okay, let's find an opportunity for solution. Everything is not black and white. It's not always a matter of it's either this way or that way. Sometimes there's a whole lot of other options in between. And because of that, we're approaching a whole new season, uh, a whole new I don't even want to say it's an adventure because I don't know if that I want this kind of an adventure in my life, but um, a, a future of uncertainty. I don't know what all it's going to hold. But one of the things we've talked about so much within our family circle here and with other, other friends is what does this make possible? And it gives us a chance to talk about death in a way that most people avoid. It's like the elephant in the room that you don't want to talk about. Yet, it's an important thing for us to talk about. And I'm so grateful that we've had this month to discuss what is, what's this going to look like? How is this going to uh, impact our family? How is this going to impact my life here in Florida? Yeah. I've been here three and a half years now. That in itself was a big transition. Um, just a lot of, of, how is it going to affect our whole family? Because Dan's been the rock. Well, and it's interesting, and I, I don't know if it's the best title. What drives your death? I, you know, it'll it'll probably catch people's eyes, and it's relevant because that's the catalyst for this. But what your purpose for sitting here on the microphone right now is is not death; it's life. Yes, and it's viewing the gravity of a physical death, and taking what has risen to the surface. And that's again, why we're sitting here because it's so profound. What rose to the surface for you? There's a lot of things that could have. Mm -hmm. And yet what you wrote on the carrying bridge site and then talked to mm -hmm. us about is, and you actually let off. You said, I've become keenly aware this is what you wrote of what is truly important in this life. And I have written a piece on it below. Yes. One of the things that I have been keenly aware of is 
not concentrating so much on the little things, not concentrating so much on what's happening in the world that I don't have any control over. I have said this and I've blogged about it and preached about it. I can get on my soapbox about people who, uh, who get so caught up in all the divisiveness of this world, all the gender issues, all of the racial issues, all of the political issues, the news that, that we hear, whether it's local or national or international. And I hurt for a lot of those people. I, I'm not saying that those things don't exist and I'm just ignoring them, but they're not the important things in my life. Those are not things that I can control at all. What I can control is what's right here under my nose, whether it's my family, my friends, the community, the people that I have influence in. Those are the things that I have some way of being a light. I, I, Caleb, your son, my oldest grandson, has said so many times in working at uh, Sarasota Memorial Hospital, he says, I just, yeah, yeah, or Nana, to him, I'm Nana. Nana, I just want to be a light to everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to be the the person that they see when they first come to after they've had surgery because he's been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And we speak so often, so profoundly and adamantly from our own experiences. And that right now, I feel like those things that are happening in the White House right now are not important to me. They may affect me in various ways, but not directly. And I'm so much more aware right now of what do I have control of and what do I need to just let go? Yeah. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. 
Air Doctor. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. And what do I need to just let go? Yeah. I almost, uh, I know Jared, mm-hmm. your other son, my brother, last night we were talking, he said, okay, mom, now, uh, obviously you would say that those things, those things out there in the white house, in the, wherever across the pond, they are important. They're important to the world. They're important to the world. And, and to some degree, you know, some of them, uh, I would say you would say they they probably are important to you to a degree, but they're not priority. And they're- as you said, you can't control them. You know, even you mentioned racism and last night we heard an amazing poem, uh, by yes. your daughter-in-law, Ilea. Yeah who is mixed race, is mixed race, but you know, most people would say she's black and that's a part of her life. Mm-hmm. And so is that important to you? Racial, racial issues? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And I, I mean, I may be misspoken the well, fact that it's, that's why I was saying the word priority though. Is, is it Absolutely. something and can you control it now? What can you do? Well, you're loving her. Well, you just mentioned my son, Caleb, your oldest grandson, and he is just recently married uh, to an, a woman who is black. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's carrying his little baby now? My, my, our namesake, yeah. dad's and mine. Another, yeah. uh, it'll middle, be another Daniel, another, another Daniel middle, middle name there. Uh, you have through me two adopted daughters who are native American mm-hmm. and now four little grandkids who are native American. So those, I just want people to hear that. So, you know, is that important to you? Sure. But to the point of, is it what well, we could play with semantics? Is it priority one or can you control that what can you control? And you're saying I can control right here. You can help racism by loving and uh, fully embracing and advocating for those of other races that are attached to your bloodline. Uh, And so the control that that's the one, that's what stuck out to me is what can, what do I really have influence on even here as I'm on a microphone and tens of thousands of people are going to hear it. That is awesome. And that's why we're here and we're taking the time to do this. We're taking it away from the people we have the most influence Mm -hmm. with who are a couple rooms over Mm -hmm. as I don't have no idea how many grandkids you have over there right now. Five, eight, something like that. There's a room full. (laughs) All your, your three primary kids uh, are over there. And that's who you have the most influence. So you're taking a break. That's actually an interesting thing that you, you participate in those things that are out there to a lesser degree, because you know what you have the most influence on is right here. And it's just important to me because I sometimes miss it, mom. Mm. I sometimes miss it. I'm one of those people who is project focused, achievement focused, and that's the goal. And I can do that and be laser focused on it. And there are some good things to that. Mm -hmm. And I can miss the people that are around Mm -hmm. me and take them for granted or neglect them. That's just, I know that about my, my, my inherent nature. Mm -hmm. So I have to be aware of that and step back. Go, Oh, wait, I'm doing that thing. And, and I appreciate your heart is not the same and you are focused on those. Well, we'll have, 
there's there's a couple things here. Yeah. One, I love the fact that you're talking about um, being aware of where my influence lies. And for, of course, first and foremost, it's within my own family. Uh, we're also dealing with uh, personality styles, which you know we're very uh, keenly aware of and we promote a lot is understanding each other's personalities. And it's a lot of what's helped our uh, family function as well as it has, because we've been able to understand, you know, Jer- Kevin, what, when I'm talking to you, do I need to ramble on and on and say everything in about 16 sentences, no. uh, paragraphs? Actually. No, actually not. I know that <laughs> about take you. A while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I need to cancel any appointments? <laughs> what, what's the line I listened to? So my sister, your daughter, Ashley Logston, her show, Mama Says, says Na- Namaste. I listened to her show yesterday because she did one. If you guys want to check it out, um, well, on 48 Days, the podcast 48 Days, my dad, your husband, Dan Miller, did his last podcast mm-hmm. last week. Um, very touching. I talked to somebody today that said they're going to share it with their whole family. It's about a 10 I, minutes. I haven't been able to watch it yet. Okay. <laughs> um, then Ashley on her podcast, Mama Says Namaste, did a podcast she and her husband, Nathan, uh, uh, about this. And their line on there that I either had not heard or I missed it was something to the effect of how our how our our individual differences make us unique, make better, make the group stronger. Do you remember it? Our uniqueness brings the strengths out of all of us. Yes, something makes all so that of us stronger. Yeah. Ma- makes all of us stronger. Yes. Yeah, and and that's true. And we we know that in our within our family, we know each other's strengths. We know each other's personality styles. It's a lot of what helps us to to uh, gel better as a family. I think so. I think that's an important issue. I'm going to deal with um, death in a different way than you will deal with with death. I'm going to look at our relationships differently than what you will look at relationships. And we have to recognize that. And everybody will grieve differently. Everybody will uh, take what they've learned from this and apply it in different ways. And I totally expect that. I don't expect everybody to do it, to deal with it in the way that I am. And I, I'm dealing with it in, in many different facets. One looking at my future, which is sometimes scary. Um, It's going to be very different. But I also know that I'm strong enough. Uh, I've learned enough. And at my age, I'd better be pretty uh, clear on the foundations laid in front of me. I I feel like God's in control. and, And he's shown us many, many ways in which he's working through this whole situation, mm-hmm. giving us this time with Dan mm-hmm. and before he's, he does uh, die is, has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know that it's going to come. It, that, could there be a miracle? Absolutely. And we're open to that, but we also know that he's fading and, and, and that's, uh, that's something we can't deny. So when looking at Okay, how can I handle this in a way that not only um, I have to do my own self care, but I have to care also for all of you, you three kids that are losing your father, uh, who's been very influent- influential in your lives, the grandchildren who adore him, and that he uh, he adores. Uh, it'll be a different world for all of us. So, how are we going to traverse this? 
if we're Christians, if we're spiritual beings, we have to recognize he's going to be with us. He's going to be with us. I don't know what it's going to be, although we all have talked about it's going to be every eagle we see. Dan's going to be up there with him, soaring with the eagles, just like he would want. And we happen to live in Florida where there is a plethora of eagles. We see them frequently. Had one in our tree recently that Dan was just enamored with and so excited about seeing. So um, we're learning and we're growing. And I, I think that I am much more aware of what's the important things. What are the priorities? And my priorities pretty much stem around relationships. Well, let's talk about that. I do want to speak real quick in the first show that I did on this. I talked about the options and that we looked at with this, when this diagnosis came along. And since you mentioned a spiritual aspect, you know, that, that idea of having faith and praying with expectancy that this is going to be healed. I think there's been some people who have felt a little angsty, like, are, are you guys not doing that? It seems like you're, you know, you're, you're giving into this on that note, dad received a text today from a friend who said that he had a friend, a doctor who had had a similar thing and had cured himself and was curing other people. And so dad's going, all right. And so he sat in here and gave his information before he went back to bed, gave his information. And the guy says, I got a plane. I'll come down and take you. And so dad's open to that. And, and I just want them to hear that. We're not ever discounting that. No. And also it's kind of like that pray as if it's up to God and work like it's up to you aspect. Oh, I like that. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I want to come back to the influence though. And you saying, who do you have the, who do we have the most influence on? And you saying you have the most influence on your family, the people close to you and whatnot and going out. And, you know, here I am with this podcast that reach, reaches so many people. And then I go home at night to a wife and however many kids are at home at that point, five, a 10, lot. whatever it may be. And that's who I have the most influence over. Now I'm going to, I want to hit on that though. Cause as you know, there's a lot of people who feel like, oh my gosh, I have the least influence in my home. I go to work and I do have their respect. I haven't connected and we don't need to, you know, beat that up, but for whatever reason, there's going to be hard things and they feel like they haven't connected. One thing that's always been impressed on me is I am influencing my family and my friends, whether I want to or not. Absolutely. Good, bad, or indifferent. You are. That's weighty. And yeah. so to look at that and now then I have to take, I don't have to, I want to take that then as a um, opportunity, as a gift and as a blessing and not a burden, which honestly, sometimes it can feel that way because sometimes I don't feel like being a freaking good influence. It's a big responsibility. It's work. I want to have a bad day sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's no reason why you can't have a bad day once in a while. Take off and go to the beach or the mountains. Yeah. And I know you tend to do that. I do. When you, now, when you need to relieve stress and you need to make yourself feel better, take yeah. some self-care, you go to the mountains. You yeah. ride your bike. You do um, a strenuous workout. Those, those are the things that appeal to you and help you to de-stress. Yeah. And those are things that I, I have to find. We all have to find. How do we de-stress? How do how do we make life work for uh, with us and for us so that we're not just fighting it all the time? And sometimes, Kevin, I think that we fight life so much that we get so entrenched in 
all the extraneous things, again, that we have no control over, wow. that we forget what's important right here in our own backyards. I wanted, can I read a couple of things? I've got a couple of things that I, I wanted to bring to the forefront. And one of them is um, in my book, Creating a Haven of Peace, because I have so loved this quotation. I have the... Um, uh, uh, the original quotation in a paper in my office that I have cherished. Uh, this quotation comes from Barbara Bush, and it was reported in the Washington Post on June 2nd of 1990. So it's, it's relatively old. Uh, your success as a family, our success as a society, depends not on what happens in the White House, but in what happens in your house. And I have taken that so seriously. And I feel that so much of the breakdown in our society is because this was not adhered to well. Um, I take seriously creating that haven of peace. I've written about it. I speak about it. I paint things about it. I write about it. I do poems about it. If we don't create that peace in our homes, how can we ever expect to have peace in our society, in our community, in the world around us? How? I don't, I don't understand how we could. I wrote a thing, a piece, uh, you call it a poem or just uh, something of my thoughts. I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, I took this one off of the uh, beside the toilet in the in the guest bathroom, so that everybody reads it. I, and yeah. I, w I want you to read it, and, and folks, I want you to take a deep breath and really listen to it real quick as a preface. As you talk about the influence, the greatest influence we have is in our own homes. I want this to be relevant for everyone, and somebody is sitting there that lives alone. Somebody, they're a widower, they're just a single person, whatnot, and they go, well, I don't have anybody in my home. Whatever the home is closest to you, you have people that you have the most contact with, mm -hmm. the most influence with, the most exposure to. And there is a lot to be said for face-to-face, -face, even in this world of telecommuting, which I love. That's how I do mm -hmm. most of my shows. Mm -hmm. I, I greatly appreciate that. And to have people like uh, gosh, Dave Ramsey on the show and Michael Hyatt from wherever they are in their offices. And yet three days ago when they were here mm -hmm. in the home and we got to give a hug to Dave and Sharon Ramsey and Michael and Gail Hyatt and other folks and sit there in a chair next to them. There is something special about that. Jared, Jared and I, my brother, were just over at our next door neighbors talking to them about some of this. Your next door neighbors, yeah, actually, and that face to face. So, whoever is in your world is your family. You have the most influence of, as opposed to again here, even here on the microphone, with so many people who listen uh, to four shows a week from mm -hmm. me. I cherish that, and yet I know it's not near as influential as the receptionist in my office. Hmm. who I'm so quick to just walk by and not want to chit chat yeah. uh, and get to my office and do this. And yet she's right there and mm -hmm. she has a life and she's got a boyfriend and she's sick today and she's whatnot. And so there's that family. So I have to pay attention to that, but to realize that we have a family, whether you're, even if your house is not full of uh, spouses and kids and grandkids, you have one or you can. Absolutely. 
you can have family. Uh, it's amazing to me. Well, interestingly that you should say that because uh, I went up to, I took a little bit of self-care time uh, on um, Friday and went to the club and played Mahjong, which is, it's a, I usually play on Fridays and I play on Mondays and I play Canasta on Tuesdays. And many of the people are overlapped. They're, uh, they're people that I, I play both uh, Canasta and Mahjong with. I came in and I hadn't been in there for a few weeks. And they stood in line hugging me and they said, oh, there were, geez, I don't know, more than a dozen, 15, 20 of them. They stood in line to hug me and they said, we're your family. Family doesn't have to be blood related. I have so many soul sisters, people who are dear, near and dear to me. Uh, interestingly, I just met a lady that I played Mahjong with now, met her, got to know her just recently. Her husband just passed away with pancreatic cancer. She's alone now, and I have befriended her, and I thought, wow, God brought her into my life just at a time when we both needed one another. It's amazing how those things show up. And yeah, what you said is so true. Family doesn't have to be your blood. Well, and, and I, you're sitting here, not just because you're my mom, I have other family members who I'm not going to put on the mic, mm -hmm. uh, but you're here because that aspect of, if you want a friend, be a friend. And mm -hmm. when I go out to eat with you guys, you're saying hi and hugging and know by name, the server and the <laughs> hostess and the guy cleaning the floors at the club and whatnot. And they all know you and you guys have, have done that. You create family wherever you go. So. That to say, regardless of whether your home is full of humans or not, we have that opportunity. So this poem that you wrote in the end, you wrote it on December 22nd. Which was my birthday. Which was your birthday. Mm -hmm. I showed up here maybe a week later. I can't remember. Uh, and you, maybe you sent it to all of us. I don't know. Anyways, and you posted it around. And so I'm going to ask everybody to take a deep breath. Here you go. So I'm going to ask everybody to take a deep breath. Here you go. All the petty arguments, the efforts to prove a point, the angry words and the pouting count for little in the end. All the struggles endured, the pain, the hurt, the need to be right, count for little in the end. All the selfish acts, the self-centered desires, the heated debates count for little in the end. All the political strife, the divisive beliefs, the outbursts and decrees count for little in the end. In the end, what counts forever is the need to be loved, cherished, appreciated, respected. In the end, what counts forever is the legacy you leave the footprints you make that change the world one little bit better since your birth. Thanks. You're welcome. Those are the things, those were the thoughts that came to me um, in the midst of grieving, in the midst of all of the uncertainty. You know, what's really priority right now and what's priority is family and relationship 
And there's nothing that brings that out more than going through a family trauma like what we're going through. Or family graduation is what Dan refers. He's graduating. Yeah. Yeah. It brings to light. We had on the show, I think in 2023, Robert Waldinger, who, if you type his name in and write, just type in Robert Waldinger, it'll come up. He has a Ted talk. I, the book he wrote from that is a good life. I believe Ted talk has at this point, 60 million, some views. Wow. Robert is the, I don't know, maybe the fourth director of the longest scientific study on happiness slash relationships through Harvard. And it is there watching people through, I don't know how many generations now, 70 years, uh, but then they included multiple generations. They brought spouses in at some point. And it was a study to see what was most important to these people's lives. What was most fulfilling? I'm paraphrasing here. And it was relationships. Absolutely. We just hear it and give a head nod to it. And yet in our day-to-day, when we wake up in the morning, it is not the acute thing. It's not the urgent thing. We're mainly thinking in regards to relationships, I want to give us credit to our, our, our hearts are in the right place, but our directives may not be, our execution may not be. My heart's in the right place thinking I've got to get up and, and make money to pay the mortgage. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. It does need to be paid. And, and in this, as we talk about priority, priorities, it's not to minimize anything. It's not to minimize making money. Right. It's not to minimize teaching somebody a trade. It's not to minimize education. It's not to minimize. It's solely to elevate above that, to just lift above that relationships. Because you could very well have sat on the couch as you're looking and going, gosh, how are we with money? Where is the business going? Are we okay with the house? What about you know, this, do we need to look at our, at our health? I mean, somebody's dying. Let's look at our, and there's so many things you could have come to and said, okay, guys, I'm holding court. Queen, queen mom is holding court. And you guys get a good job, get an education. Again, very important things. Those are great. You're not minimizing those at all, but what you came to, what is acute to you was relationships. But I want to take that and I want to take that and juxtapose that somewhat because you did in this as the time that we give is what you got heated about somewhat mm-hmm. the time we give to all of these external things out there that we cannot control. doesn't mean we don't care. doesn't mean they're not important. doesn't mean we shouldn't do what we can to help those things. And you know, if we can have a iota of control, but we have so much control here and how much time we are spending. If you think about the, the stats that we see, on the time spent scrolling a screen, mm-hmm. the time spent viewing a screen, yep. the time spent at work, the time spent whatever that's not spent building relationships. So here's this thing that we have scientific studies now that are saying this is what we all as humanity say is most important to us when things get real. And yet it is the thing that is generally the lower priority after all these things. And you know what? The stats are also showing we're not that happy. Yeah. This isn't working. No, no, it isn't. And, and a lot of it is because we're dwelling so much on what we're hearing, all the negativity that we hear daily and the fear that it, uh, that it um, 
gets us into to where we're so fearful of life and we're so negative on life, we can't have a conversation at the dining room table without getting angry and fearful. We don't do that here in this house. You know the best thing about the nightly news? Wheel of Fortune's on right afterwards. <laughs> we don't watch the news. Yeah. We watch Wheel of Fortune. We watch things that are more uplifting. And that's something that we've done quite a bit even since we got the diagnosis for your dad is we've sat how many times in front of the TV and watched bloopers or the Smothers Brothers or things that are funny, um, lighthearted. There's so much negativity, sadness, darkness in our world. And if we let that, if we concentrate on that, that's what we're going to see. That's the thing. It's like that reticular activator. If you are concentrating on the darkness out there, that's what you're going to see in everything. Well, let's hit on that. If you're going to concentrate on the darkness, media, I want people to hear this. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is really not a negative bias. This is business. So let's talk business. Business right now. If you are in the media, mm -hmm. which is that's what we're all looking at on our phones. If you're in the media, if I am leading a media company personally, and I am concerned about dollars and the bottom line and a business, okay, I'm going to do what we know is going to sell most. If it bleeds, it leads. It leads, absolutely. So my job is to put out, in essence, folks, I want you to hear it on the media, my job is to put out as much negativity as I can, or to even take something that may not be and pull out the negative side. Controversy. That is business. So I'm not going to say that anybody is a bad guy, is doing things wrong. They are doing business. If I'm creating toilet paper, I'm going to make it tough and absorbent if I'm going to serve you well. If I'm making media and that's my job to pay the shareholders, I need to give negativity and drama. And I notice that kids these days more and more are talking. And I've had some of my own kids do this and we've had, had, had some conversations. No, we've been privileged enough to have some conversations about it when they go, oh my gosh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's mm -hmm. a terrible place. Well, if you focus on that crap on your phone, it is. It, but then uh, yep. I find people like you and dad and dad who comes, you know, hobbling a little bit out today and he looks out and he's looking at the tree and he's thinking, and he says, it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, it depends on what you focus on. And I find people who are out, who are doing things and creating stuff. The people on my shows, the people like the bookcase, if anybody's watching this on YouTube, the bookcase behind me, the dad's bookcase. Uh, I have my same at home. It's the back or my, at my uh, studio, same backdrop, those people. And those, you don't find any gloom and doom folks amongst, amongst them. They're, they're loving life and they're looking and going, are there hard things? Yes. Have they endured hard things? Most of them are on the shelves because they have endured hard things and they've overcome them mm -hmm. and they see the beauty and the glory of life. And so this is not just some Pollyanna thing to look and negate the bad that's out there because there's some bad crap going on, no doubt. Absolutely there is. And, and, uh, and we have it in our own homes. All of us do. I mean, thing, bad things happened even to good people. There was a book about that years ago. I don't remember who the author was. But uh, concentrating on seeing what is possible, what does this make possible, has helped us a lot, even through this experience with your dad. What does this make possible? How many times has he said that? How many times have we all said that? And wow, he had somebody ask him, um, I, I think it was yesterday. 
somebody, I think that I can't remember if he was talking to him on the phone or whatever, but was asked Dan if, if he had had any inkling premonition, any premonition of this, of what was going to happen. And Dan said, absolutely not. I mean, we were blindsided by it. We had no premonition, but when we look back at the steps that have happened in the last three and a half, four years, we moved here three and a half years ago in selling our property, which was beautiful. We loved it, but it was such high maintenance Mm -hmm. and we're getting older and we figured we didn't need that anymore. All the things that happened in that scenario, which a lot of listeners probably are aware of, we had four Uh, four years up there of trying to get to the point where we could sell that house because of some issues with uh, zoning zoning and codes and stuff. Um, But in that time frame, the value of our property went up tremendously. And the value of this during that time, because it was right during COVID tanked, we sold at an amazing price. We bought at an amazing price. We came down here and created a life that we love in a community that we love, in a climate that we love. And there's so much beauty all around us, and we can't help but talk about that and be aware of that. That's what we're looking for. I'm not looking for the downsides. Even in all this that we're going through in the grief, there's going to be great things happen through this. I know that. Well, this is part of it because uh, let's be frank too, that within the past couple weeks or so, there's been some times when dad has talked about that. Okay. So what does this make possible? And he's looking at it going, I don't know. Uh, Cause it doesn't look like I'm going to continue. So what does this make possible? And he's like, help me out here. And we're seeing that this is what it makes possible. Yeah. This is what it makes possible. It's the ripple effects that, you guys have had on people and that he is my gosh. I, I mentioned Dave Ramsey a couple of days ago. So Dave flew 12 people. There were 10 of them total. 10, 10 people down here a couple of days ago to spend some time with that. Afterwards, Dave emailed us back and said it was one of the most profound days of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're lucky folks, I'm going to have him on this mic talking about that uh, here in a few days. It's, influencing a lot of people. So what does it make possible? You know, sometimes we may need to go beyond our own borders of our own lives Yes, because it may not be a tidy bow at the end of the day. Dad's not hoping or looking forward to ending his days. And yet what does it make possible? It makes possible things that go beyond him. Yeah. And he's at peace with all of that. Yeah. He really is. Um, We've had so much time, all of us to talk about it and talk it through and, and we're acceptance. We're, we're accepting of whatever happens. It could be a miracle. It could, but maybe that miracle is in what happens after his death. We don't know. Miracles come in all different. And, and I want folks to hear this. You're hearing this. This is coming out. This is going to come out on Thursday, January 11th. This is 48 hours before then. How's that? 48 and. We're still here. I'm in your home. My family's back in Colorado. They were out here for a week or so. They're back in Colorado and I'm not with them. I'm here with you guys. And dad's over there in a bed right now. I mean, this is happening right now. And again, the diagnosis was 
32, 33 days ago. Mm-hmm. So this is happening right now. This is not some, yeah, again, a Pollyanna wrap up at the end of it. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. No, I, I don't deny the fact that I'm fearful. I'm, um, I sometimes have a really hard time with it. But I know that I will go on. We will all go on. And we'll find our strength together because we have the relationships and the foundation. Thanks for that. (laughs) Mom, we can, there's a good end cap right there. Thank (laughs) you. So here's, here's what it makes possible is relationship and connection. Folks, thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to end us there and we'll continue this discussion. This feels, it feels like we just perceive it as a gift, Um, not a gift that we're losing the physical, the physical body of Dan Miller, my dad, your husband, Papa, but uh, a gift that with something that is inevitably going to happen for all of us, that we have the chance to walk through this and talk through this and to ponder this and to learn from this and to grieve this. And we get the chance every day right now and we will eternally. So I appreciate you having the courage to listen to a topic like this. And uh, I'm not going to even give my normal outro folks. Thanks for tuning in to the, what drives you podcast until we come back for the next part in this series. Stay driven. Yeah.